Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and I look forward to sharing space with you today. So on every single episode, just in case you're new, you probably are, we take a look at the story of a specific archetype, and then there are three other archetypes that support our exploration and, you know, just learning a little bit more about the narrative of the key archetype of the day. So the archetype that we will be exploring today is Eros. And I'm really, really excited. I feel like I always say that because I am always genuinely excited to learn more about the different archetypes in different ways than I have previously. You know, by now I have used this deck or, you know, known this deck for a bit. And different cards come up in different readings for myself. But it's always different doing reading for myself or doing a reading, you know, for somebody else. And then just, you know, letting the cards, you know, tell me what their story is, which is what this is. And I always find it so fascinating that I learn about so many different dimensions, so many different aspects of the archetypes that don't usually come up in, you know, again, readings for myself or readings for other people. So I did mention that today we are talking about Eros and then in conjunction with Eros, the three cards that will support our exploration of this card are the Shadow, the Storm, and the Venom. So when I, when those cards came through, I was like, oh, there is definitely you know, some sort of theme here. Not that the shadow, the storm, and the venom are like negative cards. However, they are a little bit more shadowy in nature, which I'm really, really excited to explore. I think it's very, very fascinating that three, again, there are no, there are no positive or negative cards in the deck. Even the shadow has a light and shadow expression of it. You know, the archetypes themselves are inherently neutral. So there's no such thing as, you know, unless you want it to be that way, um, positive or negative cards. All of the cards, all of the archetypes have, you know, shadow and light expressions within them. But I do find it interesting that the stories of, you know, the shadow, the storm, and the venom seem to be they're a little bit more focused on you know what are our shadows you know what are kind of like the what is the shadow of the collective that's more of the venom which we will get into a little bit later you know depending on when it feels natural for that to pop up and then the storm is that's also going to be interesting so I just wanted to you know point that out because It is fascinating that the three cards that are going to be supporting our exploration of arrows just so happen to be kind of connected in that way. And I haven't yet seen that before for a podcast episode. But let's start with arrows. So if you listened to the last episode of this podcast, arrows came up in our Eros came up as one of the three cards that supported our exploration of the vision. So If you haven't listened to that one yet, I highly recommend it. I had so much fun recording it. And if not, no worries, because you can listen to them in order. You don't have to listen to them in order whatsoever. Each episode is its own, you know, thing that just 
evolves into something totally different than what I could have ever have thought it was. So, you know, they do build off of each other, which is really cool, but you by no means have to listen to them in order. However, just for a quick recap, just in case, because it is a continuation of the discussion we had previously, Eros in conjunction with the vision was an invitation to take a look at the specific ways in which we receive spirit and the specific ways in which we receive, you know, or have or create or just, you know, have our relationships with creation. That's what Eros is. So I don't know. I know that some cards or some archetypes in this deck and Eros might be one of them. There are traditional meanings somewhere else, you know, associated with the cards. Um, And that usually happens with the initiations. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how um, Kim, Kim Kranz is the one that created this deck. So I'm not sure how she went about picking the initiations, but the different initiations do have traditional meanings associated with them. So just in case you want to like look them up, I mean, Eros, by the way, is spelled E as in elephant, R as in riddle, O as in oracle, and S as in secret. So if you want to look it up, that's great. But my whatever I receive has absolutely nothing to do you know, with even what she wrote in the guidebook most of the time or um, the traditional meanings that may or may not be out there. So I just wanted to put that out there before I recap what we discovered about Eros last time. Um, Yes, so Eros in conjunction with the vision, I thought it was a beautiful invitation to take a look or to begin to take a deeper look at our unique connections with spirit. So Eros, the way that it came through, you know, for the podcast in this space last time was to take a deeper look at how the way that we create, the way that we receive spirit, the way that we receive creation is on a spectrum. And what's so interesting about Eros is You know, typically the story of Eros has something to do with sensuality or sexuality. And I thought it was very fascinating because more and more recently we are discovering just as a global community. I mean, it might depend on, you know, where you are. I can only speak for, you know, where I'm from. I'm from America and I'm from more of a, I guess, not progressive, but like maybe more of a liberal versus conservative part of America where, you know, it's being more and more widely accepted, which is uh, awesome that we can make this kind of progress, that sexuality is on a spectrum, you know. At first, you know, we've kind of moved on from, you know, you can use whatever labels you want, of course, you know, whatever. And we talked about this a little bit last time where you can use whatever labels you want so long as they empower you to know who you are, but don't allow them to ever limit you, you know, if they don't if they aren't, you know, supporting you in creating and amplifying more love into the world, then you probably don't need those labels anymore. Um, but, 
we are kind of not only are different labels such as straight, gay, bisexual, great, but then there's also, you know, sexual fluidity. So that is the that's kind of what I want you to be keeping in, you know, keep in the back of your mind as kind of like a metaphor or an example of what this is like. The reason why it's one of my favorite metaphors to use is because what we have basically or what we are learning as a global community um, is that there is no one way to love, right? Okay, there's no one specific way to love. There's no correct way. There are so many ways to love. And even within your label, you as a person have your own specific way of loving. So this was talked a little bit last time about last time. So you know, let's say I identify as sexually fluid and the person next to me also identifies as sexually fluid. We are both, we both express our sexual fluidity in different ways, right? And then what's even cooler than that is, let's say I have one partner, like person A, and then I have another partner, person B. The way that I express my sensuality, sexuality with you know, person A, person B, that's also different, you know? So I think, I mean, I hope we're kind of moving in this direction where we realize that, you know, sexuality, sensuality is on this infinitely unique spectrum where even when we put certain labels on ourselves and it doesn't have to be sexually fluid, it could be, you know, gay, like for two people that are, um, like if person A is gay and person B is gay, they aren't both gay in the same way, you know? We're waking up to this. I mean, hopefully we woke up to this a long time ago that, you know, just because one person is gay, that doesn't mean that all gay people are the same, right? Not all sexually fluid people are the same. Not all, you know, uh, straight people are the same. Not all, you know, all, no one person, even when you put a label on yourself, you don't do things in the same way. So there is... There are so many different ways to love, you know, other people on an interpersonal level. And this is why I love this so much, because it translates really, really well. There are so many different ways to love on an interpersonal level. And then there are so many different ways to express love. And that's love as in source, creation, spirit, the universe, right? So with that kind of going back into, you know, what does this mean for our relationships with creation? There are so many different ways in which to receive creation. And the reason why I felt so drawn to this card to continue our discussion is because it emphasizes, you know, how important it is to really, really pay attention to how it is that you best receive and give you know, love or how you best receive yourself as spirit or how you best receive yourself as your own channel, because that gives you a lot of hints and a lot of clues as to how you are constantly guiding yourself as you hold space for yourself. So in, I'll probably just start with a new example just to, you know, make it easier and not, you know, try and make them match because I can't remember every single example that I gave last time. But sticking with the same kind of, you know, train of thought, let's say that, you know, I talked a little bit about this last time, so I'm not going to, you know, completely repeat everything that I said. 
There are so many different ways, I guess, and I'm like using a bunch of air quotes here to be intuitive because we're all intuitive. Okay. I don't even know. I mean, I'm hoping everybody kind of is waking up to that now that there's nothing, you know, like more or less special about any one person. We all have relationships with creation if we so choose. Even choosing not to have a relationship can still, you know, work as like some sort of a relationship. If you don't want it, then that's like perfectly fine, you know? It but it doesn't mean, you know, unconditional love, love source that's always available to you. Um but we all have different relationships, right? That's the intuitive part, right? Or, you know, according to me. Because there's no there's no person on this earth, no living being on this earth that does not have a relationship with creation available to them because creation is within you, you know, according to how I perceive everything. If again, if you don't want it, it's fine. But like nobody, it's not like you have to do anything to earn it. You know, it's already inherently there, which is why I believe everybody is inherently intuitive because that is how we connect, you know, and we all have, we all have the ability to connect without a doubt. And so, as I mentioned, there are so many, you know, known ways known to us. And I guess, you know, again, like these are labels, these are boxes, but there are so many known ways of being intuitive, such as clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, you know, all that good stuff. And you might be some of those, you might be none of those, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, all what really matters is not like, ooh, which one you are. Like, I I mean, I was a fan of like quizzes like that, like, ooh, which one am I? Like, how does my intuition speak to me? Stuff like that. I was a fan of those when I had literally no idea, you know, like what was going on or how to connect in my own way. And what I love about what the message of Eros is coming like that's, you know, been coming through for the past couple of days is that it's so much more just beneficial to kind of notice, you know, when you feel something, when you see something. And, you know, it's kind of hard for me to give other examples because I can only speak on what I know. But here's an example. So I... For instance, oh my gosh, there's just there's just so much. And this is going to be, hopefully I can just, you know, get it all organized. Um, but I noticed for me, I know when something kind of feels right. So clairsentience, right? And it's combined with a bunch of other things. So there is, let's say there's like a grand spectrum of, you know, labels and in which, you know, an infinite spectrum in how you can describe yourself to be intuitive, right? So I can choose clairsentience as one of those because that is one of mine. So then within clairsentience, within that box, within that label, there's also another infinite spectrum of, you know, how clairsentience shows up for you. So for me, surprise, surprise, clairsentience is definitely directly tied into my throat chakra. So, and this is kind of like, this is my compass. So I can tell, or I can feel, I can feel when my throat chakra is open, like it is now, and I can definitely feel when it is closed. And 
So what I'm saying here is, and it gets, it gets like, it goes deeper than that, but that might make things a little bit too complicated. Knowing what it is when you either feel something is right, you know, something is, you know, not right, but aligned with love. Feel, know, see, you know, smell. I know some people can smell clearly, which is so cool. You know, that's amazing. I I would love to know more about that. Um, But yeah, hearing, seeing, smelling, touching, feeling, um, dreams, you know, dreams. I used to like record my dreams every single night. Um, Still, I'm still very aware of them. I I definitely want to get back into that practice. Um. But there are, there are infinite, and by the way, it's not just one, you know, because like I said, I receive different amounts of clairsentience, clairaudience, claircognizance. So what is that? Feeling, hearing, knowing, and in different combinations at different times. So also you're not just one. So that's like the cool part. But what it does is it allows you to just, you know, know, feel, or let me just say perceive, because that might be an easier umbrella. That allows you to perceive when you are in alignment with love and, ver- and you know, when you are not so much. So I can feel when my throat chakra is open or when it is closed. And when it is open, I know the love is just like coming on through. I feel, you know, wonderful. And I know when it is closed and I feel constricted. I feel, you know, like, mm, you know, just, ugh, you know that feeling of, you know, hmm, just like not so great. And so what it does is just paying attention from, and that's just one language, by the way. So, and that's where it gets kind of tricky because there's so many different ways to describe it. I honestly, I think I mentioned this last time, I am not an expert in the chakra system. It's just like the easiest thing for me to be able to describe I did, I did, you can, and by the way, you can like translate. What's also so interesting about this is, you know, because there are different, there are infinite languages of creation, you can translate every, you know, language into another one because they are all languages of love. So for me, the throat chakra, when I pulled a card for it, it translates to the crone archetype from this deck, but also there are so many different you know, definitions of the crone. So that might look another way in another deck. And I know what it looks like, you know, as an aura color, like there, it translates into infinite different languages, which we will probably talk about later, but just keep that in mind because I, I say throat chakra, maybe I'll change it even only because that's how I first learned about it. You know, when I first, when I received my first reading ever, I learned about the throat chakra and I think my first my first spiritual book ever was actually about the chakra system so huh, maybe there's like a little bit of a connection there but that's why I still even though I'm not an expert on the chakra system I just I you know relate with it in that way but there are infinite ways to describe it so this is not like a chakra thing this is like you know anything like I could say as I said my throat chakra to me is described by the crone archetype. So within this deck, so I could also easily describe that as I'm in the light expression of my crone or when it's open, or I'm in the shadow expression of my crone when it's closed. Yes. So it's like, 
when you play around with it, it's a lot of fun. It's actually not confusing at all. I think just when I was saying it out loud, I was like, that might be a little bit much and that might be a little bit confusing. Um, but no, so you can use whatever language that you want, even if it's like, I just, I feel something or I see something, you know, I used the example the last time of somebody who might see, but sticking with the language of the chakra system, you know, if like they had a heart chakra power center, as in, you know, the heart chakra was something that they were working with at this time and they were clairvoyant. They can see probably when it's opening or when it's closing or when it's bright versus dim. Not super clairvoyant, so I'm not entirely sure. So I'm just speculating, but I want to give, you know, some more examples beyond my own. The important part is, though, no matter what language you want to use, because it can show up in infinite amounts of languages, basically I'm just tossing that in there a bunch of times because you can't go wrong. You know, I've explored so many different languages, you know, from the chakra system and like energy healing to, um, let's see, like crystals, tarot, astrology, numerology, even like dabbled in, you know, learning a little bit more about human design, right? Okay. And what's interesting or uh, aura colors, and I even learned about my animal and plant allies from, oh my gosh, she's an amazing amazing, amazing medicine woman. Okay. I learned about, you know, the different aspects of my soul in many, many different languages. And what's interesting about pretty much all of them, except, and this, and like, they all point to the same thing. Um, there, um, what's interesting about that is, you know, there are different languages that are meant for you at different times. So also recognizing that because some of them I wasn't like a huge fan of, you know, it didn't speak to me in the same way. Um, that some languages do. Um, but when you find, but that's just to say that no matter what language you choose, or rather, you know, what language kind of finds you and chooses you, you can't go wrong. Because I've done, I've been through so many of them and received basically the same heart-centered information from all of them. So no matter what language it is that you choose, what you just need to know is when you are aligned with love and when you are not. Because that is your compass. That is your compass, you know, with respect to creation. So going back to my throat chakra example, and I might have said something about this last time, not entirely sure. But, you know, my throat chakra, when it, whether it's when I can feel it opening or closing, that's my guide, right? As to whether, you know, I am like receiving or I'm like aligned with love or I am not. So, in let's say, you know, I've had a conver or, ooh, this is a good example. So after I recorded the last episode, I had the privilege of going on a hike with my friend. We went really, really early, you know, when there were just no people out and it was during a weekday. So, you know, people were working from home and it was, oh my gosh, it was great. It was so great to just get outside because where I am, you know, things are opening up and it's becoming safer to be outside in open areas. And there was, you know, there was nobody there. Um, and it was great because I hadn't seen this person in years. You know, she was one of my best friends all the way back. Like I'm talking like high school, you know, so a long time ago. Um, 
Yeah, all the way back. And, you know, we hadn't really seen each other because we lived in totally separate places, you know, when we went to college and then after college. And so now, you know, due to, you know, everything that was happening with quarantine and everything that is still happening with coronavirus, we had the fortunate chance of being in our hometown at the same time. And since we had both been quarantining for months, we were like, hey, why not meet up for a socially distanced hike, you know, when there's nobody around because I don't want to, you know, risk uh, too much. But uh, it was amazing. You know, catching up with her was awesome. But what I noticed was, ooh, you know, I love talking to her because my throat chakra is totally open. You know, we hung out for hours and the conversation was just like, bam, bam, bam. You know, it was just flowing so much. And I felt like I really felt the love and my throat chakra was so open and it was amazing. Right. And then I noticed, you know, I was with another, a different friend. um, I want to say a couple of days ago to go yes to also i guess yeah a lot of the, a lot of the stuff happens in nature um to also just go on a walk um yeah there's like a pretty big park near where i live early in the morning and i socially distance walk and i noticed that you know i love this friend this friend is like one of also my really really close friends my throat chakra did not open up you know, in the same way that it did with the woman I was with previously when we were just going on a hike together, you know, and it doesn't I mean, that's not to like you don't have to read too much into everything. You know, this is not to make your life more complicated. This is just to make it a lot easier. But I was I think because, you know, they happened pretty recently, you know, I want to say within a week of each other. But I was noticing, oh, like that is interesting. You know, not that I love this person any less as my friend, but there was actually a time where my throat chakra felt open around her and now it feels kind of closed, you know? Like I wonder what that's about, right? So it's it's so interesting once you begin to pay attention to, you know, what it is when you feel like you're receiving love and then when you might feel like, you know, love isn't coming through or misalignment or, you know, whatever words it is that you want to use. But paying attention to it allows you to, you know, go a little bit deeper and understand where what the message might be behind it. Or and it's again, it's not like you have to read like deeply into everything. But and this is like a little bit more personal, so I'm not going to like dive into it. Um to like get off track here. But once I really started paying attention to, hmm, what is it about my conversations with this person, you know, person uh, number one that we went on that hike, that I went on that hike with, where my throat chakra was open and I felt so good and I felt alive with love. And then here it's like, "Mm, it's not like it's closed, but it's not as open, you know? It was kind of like, it's not it if there was a middle of the road and then it was kind of like a little bit more closed than that. That's what that would be like a little bit more closed than normal. And then I started to like and in this, you know, context, it did 
you know, warrant some paying attention. And so once I started to dig around a little bit into, hmm, I wonder what that means, it it gave me a lot of information regarding, you know, where I am in my life and, you know, where I want to go. And I know that's like vague, but I'm avoiding going down this rabbit hole of a tangent. But let me tell you, the messages that I got from just paying attention to, you know, the disparity between when my throat chakra was open and when it was closed, it gave me a ton. And I'm talking about like a ton of information Um, combined with, you know, again, other, I guess, not intuitive abilities because that sounds kind of weird, but combined with other ways in which creation communicates to me, I was able to put the puzzle together. So what it can do, you know, again, my throat chakra open and closing or crone light shadow, whatever it is that you want to call it, points out, you know, what it is that I'm needing to pay attention to. And that's why I kind of like to call it like it's like your compass. You know, it points you to it might just highlight what it is that you need to pay attention to. And then you go deeper because that I mean, whether it's open or closed on its own, that gives me a lot of information, but that doesn't necessarily give me specifics. However, it does kind of point me into a specific direction, and then that's an invitation to go even deeper. And so that's just one way in which kind of knowing about the way that you receive love and the way that you receive information, that tells you a lot about how you can be your own channel, you know, or like there are, you know, what, because really what I want to do here is, you know, show people that they can, you know, be their own space holders, be their own channels, be their own healers, etc. Because I think, and this is why, you know, I was really, really excited to talk about this card specifically. I think that Eros really speaks to that. It speaks to that we all have our own personal, individual relationships with creation that are infinitely unique, you know? Because again, this was not just like, uh, ooh, my throat chakra is open or closed sort of deal. Like this was a comb- this was a combination of a lot of different things that all come together to create my you know, unique relationship with creation. But you just kind of, what you need to do is you kind of need to pay attention to, you know, what that might be for you. And, you know, that's where holding space comes in, you know, and holding space for what feels the most natural to you. And then again, you can pick any language to describe it. So there was a while, even now, you know, I still refer it to, you know, that aspect of myself as my throat chakra, I could refer to it as anything. You know, again, I've learned it in different colors. I've learned it in, you know, different, you know, animal spirits. I've learned it in different um, archetypes, right? Okay. There are infinite languages that you can choose from, or rather you'll just like, I mean, I use the phrase speak to me because I hear but or that will show up, you know, vision or you will feel something, you'll know when it's like the best language for you. But any language, you know, that comes through, you truly cannot go wrong. The only thing that you need to do is hold space for your unique 
creativity. So in this same way, and I'm going back to the sexuality metaphor just because, you know, the story of, again, Eros is typically weaved into sexuality, sensuality, you know, that vein in the same way that, you know, and maybe, I mean, I think it depends. You know, I think, again, now we are in an age where we are waking up to, you know, that sexuality isn't as binary as we thought. So certain people explore it, you know, more or less than others. And so maybe I like the metaphor a lot because I went through like a huge exploration with this. But in the same way that you would come to accept yourself for how you love, this is kind of the same thing. So I I went through it where, you know, I had to learn a lot about just, you know, loving myself for exactly how I love. And for me personally, that involved no more labels. And again, I do believe that, you know, labels for some people can be incredibly empowering to just say, like, oh, I was going to snap, but then I forgot, like, it, this microphone picks up a lot. Um, yeah, but like, this is who I am. Hopefully you can't hear that, but it just helps me. Um, sometimes, but you know, this is who I am. I'm owning who I am, you know, and like putting that out there. Great. You know, and for me, I had to learn a lot and this is tied into, you know, something else, um, that is specific to my relationship with creation. But again, as you go deeper, you begin to realize these things, letting go of labels actually benefits me more. So for some people, not so much. And then for some people it does. And that's something you would have to know about yourself. But so, you know, in the same vein there, learn, I think that's the right saying, learning how, you know, because I went, I went through a lot of like, oh, am I this? Am I that? Like, let me try this on. Let me try that on. And that was interesting. You know, that was very, very interesting to go through. And in the end, what came through for me was just learning to just like be like, you know what? Catherine, Katie, forget about the labels, you know, you don't, they don't benefit you, you know, they, because they don't allow you to really be open. So that's also something I want to dive into a little bit. Oh, maybe this is the time. Okay. So, um, let me go back a little bit though, but again, so really, but just to wrap that up a little bit, really just paying attention to what makes you, uh, I don't want to say feel because it could be feel, it could like, maybe you hear a confirmation or something like that. Um, so if I say like feel, no, see, or anything like that, just replace it with, you know, however you receive love for yourself, but it might just come out naturally. Um, but wherever, just pay attention to when you feel aligned with love the most. So I, for example, felt, you know, constricted and confused whenever I tried to put on a label, just put a label on myself, you know, because then I was like, well, I don't really fit in, you know, with the definition of like this person's label or like however that person, you know, would like describe this label. And by the way, this is in the age of like where, I mean, I wouldn't say like sexual education is phenomenal right now at all or like even great um but it was really really bad 
when I was like receiving it in whatever, whatever that is, like middle school or high school or something. I can't remember. Um, Yeah, it was really, really bad. So I was, you know, looking up stuff on the Internet. And then one day I was like, I cannot believe I'm looking something up. Like, am I really going to be looking this up on the Internet? Am I really going to be looking up, you know, something so personal to me, something so unique to me on the Internet? No, no, of course not, you know, and then I was just like, that's enough of that, you know. Um, so, yeah, in the same way that people look up, you know, stuff about intuition on the Internet, are you really going to let the Internet tell you, you know, about your relationship with spirit? Like, come on, you know, we don't need to be doing that. Um, but what we do need to be doing is just holding space for, again, whatever comes up naturally. So if labels come up for you naturally, great explore that and explore, you know, how that really empowers you. If they don't, let them all go. You don't need them. Um, but that what that allows you to do is it just allows you to learn specifically how to become your own channel. And I'm going to elaborate on what that means. And then I think that'll tie into the rest of the cards finally. So when I say channel and this is where like labels will come into play a little bit. I was toying around with, you know, so language, language is so interesting to me because different words, you know, have, I was going to say different words have different meanings. Like, of course they do. Um, but they have, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to say like energy or vibrations or something, but they just, they, I don't know, they just feel different, you know, depending on what words I'm using. Anyway, um, but I realized as, you know, I took a little break over the weekend in between recording the previous episode that definitely was released, published today and this episode. So I was just, you know, anytime anything about Eros came through, I just wrote it down and I was like, you know, I'll just like, let it sit for a bit. And I do believe that this card was meant to sit for a little bit just because it highlighted to me how all of this ties into being and receiving yourself as your own channel. And that is like the most, to me, that's one of the most important things about this entire space. So you know, as I have mentioned before, and then we'll definitely get into like labels and how that plays into it. But, you know, I've received, I've been, you know, I've been actually really, really lucky, you know, to have received so many beautiful readings and healings from so many different people. Even those that I mentioned earlier, like, you know, that language might not be for me. Everybody was great. And then, you know, I've had some truly just spectacular people. And that's not the case with everybody because it's, there are just so many out there. You know, there are so many people offering healings and offering, you know, themselves, which is great. But I think that, you know, when I received healings, it was, or when I, you know, sought that out, it might have been a, even a little bit easier because it's it's not like it what it's not like it is now you know everybody within instagram is offering you know some sort of healing in some sort of way and so i'm not saying that that's like that's neither here nor there that's like not a bad thing that's not a good thing i don't even know 
you know, what it is anymore. The only thing about it is like, I wouldn't want the healing to take your power away from, you know, basically. So yeah, um, basically what it is, is, you know, I, I think it's bec- partially because I've seen how much, you know, acknowledging my own relationship with creation, acknowledging my relationship with spirit has shifted in my life, that that is like, to me, that is one of the greatest gifts I have ever received, ever. Um, and it's something that it's timeless. It, it'll be with me forever, you know, and it really, really changed my life. And it would not have happened if I went and received a healing and stopped there. So I've said it many times and I'll say it again. You know, when you receive a healing or a reading or anything of that kind, that is just like a portal. That is a beginning point, you know, to you, you know, developing your own relationship with creation. And that's, you know, what this phrase being your own channel, receiving yourself as your own channel means to me is that you have a direct, you know, line a direct communication with spirit source the universe whatever you believe in and that's where you receive your information from instead of relying on somebody else all the time to do it that's like the most important thing in the world to me is that everybody knows that that is available to them and you know again I learned so much from receiving different readings and I said in the last episode I've received them in a ton of different languages. And so for me, you know, that in itself was an important lesson to learn about how, oh, wow, there is, you know, something. And this is when I was like very, very skeptical, you know, because I was like, I don't know how this works. I don't know what it is. I feel drawn to it, you know, but I, I don't, you know, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. And what I learned was, wow, there is something truly mysterious and amazing here that deserves to be explored if I can get different readings from different people at different times that don't know each other, you know, well, at that point, maybe they know each other now, I don't really know. But at the time, I was like, that don't know each other, haven't had, basically, they have not had a conversation about me, you know, when they're going out to tea or something like that. Um, And they can give me the same information, you know, about my soul, which I was, I was absolutely blown away every single time. Um, but that would not have happened if I kind of just received the reading, the healing and just stopped, you know, if I stopped there, I wouldn't be here, you know, because what they did was they really, really inspired me to always dig deeper. And I only ever, you know, sought one out when I was like, I just know it's like time to receive one because that might, you know, help me place some things together. And it was always, you know, just paying attention to that, you know, it was always the, just the best time to receive whatever it was I was going to receive. But what I'm saying here is, you know, healings and readings in themselves are not like bad or anything. But what I would hope for them to do is to encourage you, empower you to discover yourself as your own channel, as your own and like develop your own relationship to love or whatever it is that you believe in and whatever it is that you connect to. So what's interesting about, you know, this phrase to me, because, again, 
words, you can't avoid, what you cannot avoid with words is that everybody has, you know, their own, you know, definition of what something is. So I'm sure there are so many definitions on the internet about like, you know, what is it, like what is channel, what is channeling, you know? However, when I say that, I mean channel as in holding space for love to come through you. And that is how this ties into Eros and our entire discussion before this is, again, being your own channel be, is the same thing to me as being your own space holder. And, you know, in some ways, again, the words, they are not synonyms. So they have slightly different vibrations and like energies. Um, so those two to me are pretty much synonymous. Um, being your own channel and being your own space holder, you know, holding space for love to come through you in whatever way, shape, or form it comes through you. So again, everything we were talking about before with arrows in terms of, you know, your intuition is on a spectrum. And even within that, that's on a spectrum. You know, there are infinite spectrums in which it can be on because it's so unique that, and like realizing that it's kind of like, okay, if, um, like, let's say, actually, there, I feel like there's no kind of example here. Sort of. Okay, so let's just say you are speaking German, okay? That's your natural language. You are speaking German. And then, you know, there's like a person in the background speaking Mandarin, okay? And like they, you know, or like a person like way out there kind of calling your name, but they're calling it your name in Mandarin and, you know, you speak German, so you don't really know, you know, that they're calling your name because they're doing it in Mandarin and you just don't speak Mandarin. Okay. That's kind of like what I'm talking about here. But if they were calling out your name in German, you would turn around because you know German. So all, but what's interesting about that is, and so maybe that was like a pretty good example. Um, you would just need to know that you need to speak Mandarin in order to understand that they are trying to get your attention right? So that's why the language piece is so important because, again, creation is always communicating to you. And what's interesting about that example that doesn't quite translate is, you know, creation is speaking to you in infinite languages all the time. But what you kind of need to do is figure out what the most natural language to you is so you can kind of like tune in and understand, you know, or like, it's kind of like if creation was speaking on infinite, you know, channels, like radio channels. I'm sure that, I'm sh you know what, what am I talking about? I'm sure that example has been used infinite times because it's kind of perfect. Um, I did not just come up with that. Um, but yeah, let's say creation is like a radio or something and you're in the car and you're driving and... Like you can only, I mean, I know in certain areas, especially around here, you can only pick up some radio channels, you know, there are just some where it's completely fuzzy and you can't hear a thing. And then some where you tune in and you can kind of hear every other word of a song, but it's still super fuzzy. And then some come in super crystal clear. It's the same thing with languages, you know? So for me, I explored a bunch of different languages. There were some that, um were so fuzzy, I just, I didn't understand. You know, to this day, I still like don't, what's a good example? Like human design, you know? 
That's actually a great example because there are some people where I know that they are human design readers and it's because like when they first heard about human design, they, you know, spent like the entire night into the morning reading about human design and it just clicked. Okay. It was just like that, you know, it just clicked with them. Um, yeah, that wasn't the case with me. You know, I, I found it fascinating because I was like, Ooh, another language I get to explore. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I like, don't understand this whatsoever. I don't even, you know, I always pay attention to, you know, when I'm exploring a new language, if it's offered, you know, taking a look at, you know, my own chart in that language. And if I really feel connected to it, I'm like, this could be interesting. And if not, and, you know, sometimes it depends on the reader, um, too, if you get a reading, that's just like a good place to start. But that's just an example. You know, human design for me makes very little to no sense. Right. For some people comes in crystal clear. OK. And then like within that, there are different ways to read it. So like astrology, I would say comes in, you know, pretty clear, you know, astrology on its own. But then, you know, depending on who read my chart and like where or on the Internet or something like that, it was more or less fuzzy. And then, you know, there was one, you know, person where I heard him on his podcast um, and, you know, like they were like talking about astrology from a soul centered perspective, crystal clear, you know. So that's like the spectrum within spectrum thing where you know, there are different language or, you know, there are different languages, but even within those different languages, there are just different ways of interpreting them, you know? So I've heard there, like, as you probably know, there are so many different ways to interpret astrology, you know? And there are so many readers of astrology, you know, you, you have a whole slew of options, you know, if you ever wanted to get your chart read. So what you would have to do now especially now in this age of social media is really, really pay attention. Actually, just in general, um, you would have to really, really pay attention to that person's relationship with creation, their language to figure out if they are the reader for you, you know, because you would not, I mean, everybody's is different. So you may not benefit, you know, from one person's relationship, one person's language in the same way that you would another, you know? But back to the radio channels. So they're just like radio channels within radio channels, you know. So again, like the astrology channel was a little bit more clear. But then even, you know, if this were physically possible within the astrology. Now, let's say there's like an astrology radio and then, you know, I'm tuning into different channels. Some people's languages and interpretations of astrology. Hopefully that made some sense. I know that's not like physically feasible, but you kind of understand what I'm getting at. Within the astrology radio, different interpretations make sense and some just I don't click with, right? So it's the same thing going back to the overall universal radio. You need to like kind of tune in and, you know, pay attention. And by the way, this is not just about languages that already are out there because you, again, you might use none of them and that's fine. You know, there are people that are just straight intuitives or straight like psychics or whatever, and they don't use any tools, but that's just like a channel of its own, you know? So 
you know, as you're playing around and you're like listening, like, ooh, does this channel make sense? Like numerology, like, mm, yeah, sort of. Or, you know, does this whatever? That's what I'm telling you that like you need to pay attention to so that you can under so you can like understand, you know, creation in the clearest way possible. And then you can always fine tune the radio channel. Oh, that kind of actually does work. I forgot because I actually haven't played around with a radio in a while. So yeah, let's say like, um, what is it? Kind of like channel like 79 or something. Let's say like that's astrology. And then there's like 79.1, 79.2. So within astrology, there's like a bunch of different options. Totally forgot about that. So yeah, please forget about that separate radio thing, unless that made more sense to you. Um, but yes, so or like within like the um, I don't need any tools channel, channel 82. Okay, there's channel one, there's channel two, there's channel three, you know, 89.123. You know, you get the point. So, but all you need to know is like, what is your radio channel? You know, so how how can you receive spirit so that way you can just learn how to understand, you know, that relationship, that dynamic, and you don't have to rely on anybody else to do it. And so that's where, you know, again, readings and healings can be very, very useful in helping you kind of figure that out if you can, you know, because not everybody can, not everybody can, you know, afford to get like a million of them, you know, I definitely could not get one every single day or like every single week. Also, that might just be confusing um, to receive that, you know, amount of information. But not everybody can do that all the time, you know, especially right now when things are so uncertain. So that's why this is especially important. But once you kind of once you figure out that channel after playing around, you know, so much comes through. But you just have to know what it is. And so that's where, again, arrows paying attention to what feels natural, you know, depending on if you can get a reading, if you can't, it's not a prerequisite, you know, it's just that, you know, now, you know, depending on, you know, how you grew up and, you know, what you were exposed to, I didn't grow up that way, you know, I wasn't exposed to any of this until I was like 20 or something like that, you know, so I had a lot to do, a lot of not catching up to do, but a lot of learning. Whereas if you maybe grow up in a household, you know, where, you know, connecting to creation to God in your own way is encouraged, you know, you might take a different path. So it's not like healings, readings are prerequisite. But for somebody like me, where I was like, I have no idea where to begin. It was like a very great, healthy starting point. But that's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be a starting point, not an ending one. You know, you don't walk out of there or like, I guess now, you're not walking out of anywhere, you know, because we're all trying to stay healthy. But right now, after you receive one over Zoom or, you know, whatever is going on and however people are doing things, you know, you don't just end the Zoom call and just say, oh, I guess I'm done now. You know, I'm done learning. No, use it as like a starting point and see, you know, where you can get. Um, so that's, that's, oh yeah. Okay. So now we can dive even deeper, but that's what I mean by being your own channel, learning how you receive information from spirit. And again, it's a multidimensional language. So it's not just like, 
you know, hearing, seeing, or whatever. It is a combination of things that will be very, very unique to you. But again, what's interesting, I think, and maybe this metaphor, you know, can still carry into this, you know, we're all like using the same radio here, just different channels. So we're all tuning into love, just different channels and different, you know, channels of love. So, oh, I think that was like, that was like a pretty good metaphor. Um, but yeah, now into a little bit more into labels and like what that means. So I think I said, so this is where it does, it gets really interesting and like, it might seem contradictory a bit, but when you learn how to hold space for both at the same time, it's magic. So what's, so I'll dive deep into like, with like an example of mine and continue with that. So I learned, you know, that different, I I came across different languages at different times and different ones made sense to me at different times. And so what's really interesting about that is, you know, this deck, when I like started, you know, everything, this wasn't even here, you know, I remember one time it, it was so fascinating and I never forgot it. You know, I was sitting with my roommate at the time and we were just, I think, um, I think it was like senior year of college or something like that. And we, the three of us actually were sitting down together. Um, but one of them, like me at the time, you know, she wasn't really sure what she wanted to do. Not really sure what she's doing now. I'm sure she has like partially figured it out at least. No, but I mean, when you're like, you know, even... I feel like there's just, there's so much that can happen. So you're never really settled, you know? So many things change all the time and it's so wonderful. Um, but at the time, you know, she was like, I'm not entirely sure what I want to do. And I was like, hey, totally with you, right? Um, but then she mentioned something so casually that I'm not even sure she remembers, but I remember clearly about how somebody told her, you know, don't necessarily worry about that too much because you know, things are always changing, you know, we're seeing that so much, like there are so many career opportunities, you know, even in like podcasting or social media that didn't exist, you know, five or 10 years ago. Um, but that person told her, and so she, you know, said it to us, don't necessarily, you know, freak out too much about the future just because, you know, maybe what you're meant to be doing has not even been created yet. And that always just sat in the back of my mind, like, that is so interesting. You know, things are really changing so much. And so, you know, by the time I do, you know, whatever or whatever, you know, the stars align, you know, like maybe right now, what it is that I am meant to, you know, connect with has not even been created. And so this, for me, this deck was a beautiful testament to that because this deck did not come out until October 15th, 2019. And, you know, I was there on like the, uh, I was, this was, you know, before um, COVID and everything. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to go to Kim's opening of, and like reading and um, yeah, just like opening and signing of the deck. And I remember being there and like, you know, receiving it and, uh, she did this funny thing where she put a card underneath everybody's seat 
And that was our card to work with for the year. And uh, I, oh, actually, yeah, her card was the Venom, which is one of those cards that came through today. Um, very, very interesting card. But I remember seeing my card. It's actually my favorite card and looking at it and being like, there's just something here. And so there has no, there has been no language thus far that has spoken to me like this one. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about here. And again, we all communicate with different tools in different ways. And for me, I just, I felt, again, feel, um, but I felt with this deck, the channel is open, you know? Like there, again, like there's so many different beautiful languages out there, but I understood with this deck how other people with their respective languages feel when they connect to them, you know, because I, I mean, I read the guidebook for fun because I was like, I, you know, I want to know, you know, you know, a little bit more about Kim and how she created this and, you know, where it came from. And it was, it was so amazing reading the introduction, you know, it aligned with everything that I believed. It was like, she put my heart on paper and I was like, okay, there's something really, really special here. And then, you know, when it came to actually, you know, doing readings, I never had to crack it open. You know, I just knew, and that's not to say that, you know, my way of interpreting the cards or whatever comes through matches what's in the guidebook. It's not like I know what's in there. It probably actually has nothing to do with the guidebook by now because it's just evolved into something on its own, which is cool. But that's what I'm talking about, you know? What it did for me was it just allowed, it just, and this, like, this is probably, it might be a little bit more specific to me, but it showed me every single time a card has come through, I'm like, I, I know, you know, I look at it and I'm like, I know where this fits. And so what it's doing, what it did for me was it revealed to me what I already knew, you know, and then allowed me to like go deeper and like play around with like certain aspects and certain things. But, um, yeah, what it did is it just, it really opened me up and it really opened up my heart and it really opened up, you know, my lovely, you know, throat chakra that I apparently love talking about so much. Um, but yes. So again, when I say channel, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be speaking. I just so happen to be speaking, you know, but it's for me, being your own channel and being your own space holder is just about being, and this is where it gets, you know, again, interesting and maybe a little bit contradictory, but nothing's ever fun, you know, if there's not even like a slight contradiction, you know, there. So being your own channel to me is holding the space for the wisdom of love to come through. And so What's interesting about that is, and maybe this is because, I mean, actually not maybe, this most likely came through for me this way because I find it the most beneficial for me to not have any labels. So, but this in itself is a label, you know? So there's a bunch of contradictions here, you know? Um, but again, identifying with the space where love comes through. So I did, I did an episode, it's the very, very first one, um, on reworking the divine masculine and feminine. So this might make more sense 
Um, not that it won't make sense at all, but if you want to like take a look at that, that might be very, very helpful. Um, but to me, the divine masculine, again, not researched or anything like that, because I know there are tons of definitions out there. This is just the way that I interpret it. Um, the divine masculine is love. It is source. It is the universe. It is the energy of creation as like a void and as a space. And then the divine feminine. So the divine masculine is like the container. Okay. It's the thing that never changes. So love, unconditional love has infinite forms, but never changes. Love is love, you know? Creation is creation. Creation is in you. It's in me. It doesn't change, you know, no matter what. Divine masculine, divine feminine. That's all of the different, that's like the different forms. And they go together. You know, there is, they they don't exist without one another. But that's the form, you know, the divine feminine, dancing, you know, moving, changing, right? That's like our third dimensional experiences, you know? And so... What's interesting, the bridge that connects the two is language. So hopefully I haven't lost you yet because this is like sometimes a little bit trippy to explain. But, and it's not something that usually it's not something that can be explained really well with words. It's something that you, you know, you know, you feel, you see or something like that. Um, So I'm like doing the best that I can here. But in terms of being your own channel, basically what it is, is acknowledging that you are the space and then allowing the wisdom of the, of love, of the divine feminine, like that, or of love that is weaved into the divine feminine to flow through. And the way that you interpret that is always up to you. So label, there's like labels in there and then, you know, not so much. But that's what I have found, you know, to be the most opening to me is that, you know, within me or me, as in, you know, if we're following through with, you know, I am creation, you are creation, etc. Then I am just the space holder for, you know, different. And so, I mean, this might be a little bit easier to understand if you have a meditation practice. Um. Because if you do, you know, um, in, and like, if you don't, it's like totally fine. Um, because I mean, nothing is for everybody, you know, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Um, but if you ever get to this point in meditation or even, you know, not in meditation where you can kind of just switch your perspective a little bit. And so instead of, it's you identify with the observer within you and it's such it's such an interesting thing um but it's basically kind of like when you can and that's like hard to explain too actually um but yeah the divine masculine it becomes a little bit easier to understand if like you've ever done any meditation and then you just switch your perspective to being the observer the witness of and witnessing everything that you're saying everything that you're seeing instead of identifying with it but that's okay um but that is what I'm talking about just in case you happen to have a meditation practice um so yes the divine masculine is kind of the space and like the observer 
And then the divine feminine is everything that's, you know, always shifting, always changing. And then how you identify that, that's kind of like the bridge, you know, and that is the language. So being your own channel is like you are creation holding space for everything in this present moment. And then you receive wisdom depending on how you tune in. So depending on, you know, how you decide to receive that information. So for me, you know, one of my favorite downloads I ever received, you know, when I, this was years ago, when I was contemplating, you know, my own meditation practice. And, you know, there are so many different ways, you know, um, of meditation. And it wasn't, I mean, and specifically somebody recommended to me, I believe it was during a reading, but that was, that was a really long time ago. You know, you, she was like, you will probably benefit from just complete silence, nobody talking and focusing on the void. And I was like, I have no idea what you are talking about. I don't know what that means. And at the time it was so intimidating because I couldn't sit still. I was always thinking. And that was before when I thought, oh, meditation thing means that I can't think, you know, and there are just so many ways to do it. But she said specifically, you know, for me again, that, you know, focusing on being the void would be very, very useful to me. I had no idea what it meant until years ago when um, this download came through that this life is a meditation. And again, what's so interesting about downloads is that they find they always find you at the appropriate time. And it's not like, again, I didn't come up with that. You know, I, I, you know, I guarantee you, I'm not the first person to say life is a meditation. No. Um, but they find different people at different times. And so that just like it opened up my, it cracked open my entire world in the best way when I really knew that for myself, because also you can listen to people talk all day and that is why being your own channel is so important and having your own relationship with creation is so important because people can talk about, you know, whatever they want all day. You know, I can say life is a meditation to you. That's going to be that's totally meaningless unless you know it for yourself. Um, but this is just like one example of how you can even begin to perceive, you know, being your own channel and like what that really means to me. Um, but what I found was, you know, really being your own channel, as far as I understand it now, is identifying with that void, identifying with the observer, with unconditional love. You know, sometimes the phrase seeing the world through the eyes of love really helps me. And then receiving. So if you and so this is and so it's a big perspective shift, but like, hold on there with me. If you identify now with being the void, being unconditional love, and that is the divine masculine, now you are holding space for everything in the present moment. And that's what's always changing. And that is the divine feminine. And again, how you choose to. And so what's interesting about that is if life is a meditation, you are always channeling and you can tune in or you can tune out. And also, ooh, this is so fun. You can tune into infinite stations and like receive and channel in infinite different ways. And that's always up to you. So again, what's interesting about labels is that, you know, for me, what I have found is that 
you know, holding space for whatever feels natural for me in the moment is the only label I need. Okay. So for some people, you know, they might be like a tarot reader and they might be a tarot reader for life. You know, there are people that have been practicing tarot for like the past 20 years, you know, for me, I've always felt that it's a little bit different. You know, what I have known about my, what I've known about myself is that, you know, like right now I love these cards. Okay. These cards are amazing. These cards have opened me up in ways that other tools and other languages just haven't before. But I know that the magic isn't in the cards. The magic is in like, oh, these cards help me to interpret, you know, certain things and, you know, organize whatever's coming through and helps me to tell a complete story. But there could be something else, you know, that comes through at a totally different time, you know. And again, back to the story of like, you don't even know what will be created in the future. When I first began all of this, these cards didn't even exist or they might have existed, you know, depending on when Kim, you know, conceived um, this concept and began to create them and, you know, started drawing them. I'm sure that took a couple of years. So they may have existed, but I had no idea, you know. So what that has really taught me is it's really tuning into this idea of I am and, you know, again, this very dependent on what you believe in. But I mean, I think they've I think people have done a pretty good job of showing that meditation can be for everyone. So if you just even want to identify to identify as something like the void or the space and not necessarily creation or love, that's totally fine, too. They're all the same because there's like a long list somewhere on like my website of like, you know, so many different synonyms for love, space, you know, creation, etc. They're all the same. But if you can tap into this idea or this perspective, rather, of identifying with, you know, taking a step back and identifying with I am the space and that's it. But then everything around me in this present moment is, you know, what I'm like holding space for. What it does is, again, you have this wealth of information, you know? So if I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm identifying with, you know, the space, everything that I'm seeing, everything that I'm perceiving has wisdom in it. And again, the way in which I receive that wisdom depends on my radio channel. So let's say, what am I doing here? I'm like talking to you right now and, you know, I have my favorite plant, okay? So my favorite plant over there, had it for a couple of years. It's a beautiful dendrobium orchid, okay? Or like, um, or actually, here's a good example. I'm actually wearing um, one of my favorite essential oils right now, too. I've got some teas in the cupboard. You know, there's like a banana over there, like all of this stuff, right? All of it has wisdom. So this is the divine feminine, you know, the moment that's always changing, you know, there's wisdom in every single dimension, every single form of the divine feminine. And the way that you access it, your language is always up to you. So that can change. And so, again, where labels become where it gets interesting is, you know, putting a label on it and saying that, you know, I receive information naturally naturally. For example, f- 
for me. My, my throat chakra gives me, you know, a bunch, like, gives me so much information, right? And then using that, like, I don't know, maybe I could, like, I don't, I don't actually talk to my plant, but you know what? Maybe if I did, there would be, you know, information that came through. Who knows? Okay. There's some people that do, you know, there are people that sing to their plants. Actually, when I do sing in the morning, it is near my plants. So, you know what? I don't really know, you know, you know, there are so many different ways to receive information, but that's basically what this offers, you know? The idea of being your own channel is like holding space for everything that you can be aware of in this moment, paying attention to what comes through and then, you know, paying attention to how that comes through. It kind of, ooh, I like that better. It allows you to know like what language you are using and what radio station you have, which is incredibly empowering so you can know how you receive more information but then always know that there is an option to change radio stations. I think that's, you know, the most important thing I could possibly get at here is that, you know, there are infinite stations. Everybody's is valid. You know, again, there's so many different ways to love. Okay. So, and there's no right or wrong way to do it and you can change. Okay. So there is power in knowing what your radio station is, okay? So again, we have the observer, we have the void, we have the space, and then we have everything that's happening in this moment right now, the divine feminine, which is just waiting to communicate love to you. And so what's empowering is knowing which radio station you are in, knowing what language you are speaking, knowing your relationship with creation, and then realizing I can change that at any time. So like, what's an example? So right now, um, right now I'm like, I'm talking to you and I'm tuned into the Archetypes radio station. Let's just call it that. Um, I'm tuned into the Archetype radio station and I'm tuned into, you know, Catherine Perry, her interpretation of the Archetype radio station. And I can just change that, you know, if I wanted to. So if, you know, for some reason, you know, I didn't, and this is where, you know, gauging, you know, how you feel about certain things. If I felt my throat chakra closing up surrounding this radio station, that would tell me, okay, you know, it's time to change radio stations. So maybe I try out the astrology radio station, or maybe I try out the, you know, no more tools, you know, no more, you know, no more cards, no more stars, no more, nothing, just the, you know, allow yourself to be the space and just no more tools, you know? You can do that at any time. So that's what I meant about like the slight contradiction because it's helpful to know which radio station you are tuning into and like which one you're on because what's interesting about that is they are all available to you. Again, always available. All of them are equally available to you in every single moment. And this is where it like gets into, you know, maybe stuff I don't know as much about, but I do know we have a mind right? I know that much. And our mind kind of can only focus on one thing at a time. Okay. So with that, I mean, that's like probably as far as I'll go there because I'm not an expert on, you know, that specifically. Um, but reasonably, even if our minds could focus on two or three languages at a time, our minds cannot focus on the specifics of infinite languages at a time. Okay. So using that, 
that means our mind is focusing on a specific language. It has a, you know, like we're, we're kind of working with one relationship, one language, one radio station at a time. Or actually, that's a perfect metaphor. If you were sitting in the car, you can only tune into one radio station at a time, unless you have two radios in the car. But let's just say you're sitting in like a normal car and you have a radio. You can only listen to one radio station at once. So knowing which station that is, and knowing how you best receive, that's what it is. It's knowing how you best receive love in that moment. That's powerful so you can receive love in that moment. But then again, knowing that that might change and that you can change it if you want to explore, that's like where it comes, like that's where like the labeling, but also you don't have to have a label. So it's kind of like you're simultaneously both, you know, as the space, you are holding space for all labels, but you're just focusing on one at a time. So hopefully that wasn't, you know, confusing because that's really, really important. You know, knowing that you are holding space for every single language possible and that you can tune into any one that you want. Because here's the thing, you know, if all languages, all, and I'm talking about all languages that are, you know, directly created from source, from love. You know, there are so many, you know, mysterious things that happen where people can, you know, speak a, like a physical language. Like if their main language is Spanish, then they can just suddenly be speaking Dutch magically out of thin air. You know, those are like crazy mysteries that I'm just like, I don't I don't know too much about them. Um, so that stuff is, you know, more than beyond possible. You know, people have witnessed, you know, what they would call miracles like that all the time. Um, I'm not talking about that specifically. I'm talking about, you know, languages of creation, etc. Those you can tap into at any time. You know, there are so many ways to relate to creation and that might change moment to moment to moment. So if I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm like tuned into radio station 102 or something and I'm like, you know, sipping some tea, you know, because there are so many people that receive messages from tea, right? So all you would have to do because so and this is where it gets so much fun or where it just it or it becomes so much fun to think about. Um, all you need to you just basically need to be open to it. You know, and that all like naturally, like that's when you kind of change and tune into your frequency. So, you know, some people might like the idea of maybe like tea, like speaking to you, that might be like crazy. Okay. To you. Right. And then to other people that might be, you know, totally natural. That might just be another, you know, Tuesday afternoon, you know, all you would have to do really is change your radio station to receive, you know, whatever information. And so again, that's where it like gets interesting. So there's information, there is the intelligence, there is the information of love weaved in everywhere. And I'm talking about everywhere and everything. So there's two factors here. There is what you receive the most naturally. And then what do you want? You know, do you want to like know it in a different way? And are you open to it? You know, that's like the second factor. So let's say, you know, for me, like a dominant sense was claircognizance, you know, just knowings. So whenever I would sip my tea, you know, 
And there was a period of time where, you know, I would drink only one kind of tea and I had, you know, some very, very interesting downloads, you know, that's just one way. And if I wanted to switch it and be like, you know, I wonder if I could like get certain visions while drinking tea, you know, I don't know. Or maybe like, will my dreams change? That's just like a, that's a change in, you know, the radio station and that's a change in intention. Um, but the world, what this really points to is the world is open to interpretation because weaved into everything is creation and creation is always, you know, open to interpretation. And so what it really depends on is how open are you and how creative can you be with it and how much can you hold space for yourself to understand how you naturally understand something in any given moment. And if you want to test something else out, being open to that too, you know? So those are all, I feel like that might be enough of that specifically because it could, I don't want to like confuse anything. Just know that you are always, you know, creating, curating your own channel. You know, you always have the power, not only the power to access, you know, all of the love around you and all of the wisdom around you, because again, that's what this really is. This is, you know, opening up to different ways of interpreting the energy, the life force, the creation that constantly surrounds you every day. And knowing that you can hold space for that, knowing that you can always channel that information, knowing that, you know, you are the space and that information is always around you available in infinite different languages, you know, just waiting for you to interpret it. And different people, again, have different languages and different interpretations. If they are from love, they are all the same. And really, you know, the more you pay attention to and the more you hold space for other people's languages the more you notice that they are all equal. So with that, you know, that was, oh, it doesn't really matter. Um, so that was all Eros. And now we have a couple of other cards here. And you know what? I'm feeling called to look at the Venom for a second because that also ties into language. So the Venom Kim's card for the year, you know, from when we were, you know, sharing that space together at that reading. And actually, it was one of the inspirations for this space. Ooh, yes. Okay. Perfect segue, actually. Might seem unrelated, but it is. So what is interesting to me about the venom, and it relates to language. So the so one of the important parts, again, about you know, receiving yourself as your own channel and like holding space for this is, again, the mind can only focus on one channel, one language at a time, you know? So again, if you're sitting in the car and you are, you know, listening to the radio, you got one channel at one time, okay? Again, we're like totally throwing out like you have like two or three radios in the car because you wouldn't be listening. You wouldn't be trying. You also you wouldn't be trying to. You wouldn't be trying to listen to two audio sources at the same time because that would just be confusing, you know, to our human minds. One channel at one time. Um, the key is not trying to interpret everything in different languages all the time, because at any given moment, you know, with every single tick of the clock, with every single millisecond, that's like a new moment. You can only focus on one, okay? Just want to make that clear. 
So the goal is not to focus on more than one. It's just holding space for the possibility that there are infinite languages. And this ties directly into the Venom. So the Venom card for me, the way that it came through the very first time that I received it, it was like, pay, it was like, you know, blaringly pay attention to the cycle of violence and, you know, the cycle of pain in this world. So one of my favorite, um, favorite, favorite teachers of all time, he said, I remember one day I was listening to his podcast. This was a long time ago, um, but it always stuck with me. He said something about how, you know, people talk about, you know, like I'm healed. I healed this. I healed that, you know, whatever. And he was like, oh, no, no. You know, we are not healed until we are all healed as a collective, you know? And I was like, wow, you know, just because even I, you know, at the time was like playing around with, you know, what does healing really mean? What does it really mean to be healed? But he just like came out and like laid it down, you know, that none of us are healed until all of us are. And so where I find that very interesting, especially with the venom, is that the cycle of violence, the cycle of pain, it is in all of us. It Like on an archetypal level, it's everywhere. It becomes so hard to pinpoint that or some, and it depends, you know, um, for some people, depending on how you perceive this world and, you know, what radio station you're turned into, tuned into, um, but what the, the what the venom has shown me is that, you know, we are all connected, you know, archetypally. Well, we are all connected on an archetypal level for sure, but we are all connected archetypally through the venom as in, you know, we're all human. We all, you know, we all feel pain. We all feel hurt. I mean, I don't know about like, you know, monks in the mountains of Nepal somewhere, you know, but we're all like... For the most part, we're all human. We all feel, okay? And at certain points, we all, you know, feel hurt. And so what's interesting about that is, you know, the hurt, ooh, yes, um, the hurt doesn't necessarily need to be personal. Um, what you're feeling is kind of like the collective pain that still exists. So I went through this, you know, many, many times when it was strange, you know, because there was, there was definitely a point and I can't pinpoint when it was. Um, but there was a point when, you know, any pain or hurt that I felt, it felt very, very personal. You know, it felt like I, at the time, you know, I was definitely playing victim. You know, I was like, this person is literally trying to hurt me. What is going on? You know, so very much like feeling attacked. And then somewhere along the way, I don't exactly know where what where it is. I just knew at one point, you know, the pain that I'm feeling now, it's because I did, I went through this whole like kind of middle phase of like, you know, if I'm like healed or whatever, I shouldn't feel pain. No. Okay. We're all human. You know, it's not about, this might actually tie into the, sh ooh, that does tie into the shadow, doesn't it? Okay. Okay, cool. Um... But sticking with the venom here for now, um, what I understood was 
you know, and this was also back to Eros, even just like for a hot second, you know, learning, this is where learning more about your relationship with creation comes in instead of just, and again, going and taking a deep dive and like learning how specific it is to you benefits you a lot because there was a time, you know, when I was like learning about the venom, but I didn't really realize it because again, the deck didn't even come out, wasn't even out then. But I was playing around with these ideas of what it meant to be like spiritual, you know, at the time. And like, I was like looking around and it's like, does being spiritual just mean being happy all the time? Of course not. We know this, you know, we know this now. Um, I didn't know it then. And, but what I understood Long story short, what I understood, you know, in my own journeys, you know, explorations of, you know, what is this pain? What is this hurt that I feel? Now, what I understand is that it's not personal to me, but what I'm feeling is like this archetypal experience of it's like a reflection. It, it's very, very interesting Um, when you like go into it, in which we will, but Whenever I felt hurt, I noticed, oh, wait, I genuinely, I feel hurt, definitely. You know, there's no bypassing that, but I don't feel attacked. You know, I know this isn't about me. You know, at, at first I was like, what is the disconnect here? You know, how can I, how can I feel pain and feel hurt by something, but also know that it's not about me? You know, what does that mean? And so... Again, back to the man that was, you know, talking about how, you know, we are not healed until like there is no like one person is healed and then another person isn't. There is no we are all healed. There is no being healed on an individual level until we are all healed. And I didn't re- I did not understand that um, maybe even before right now, you know, because that's sometimes just how this that stuff works, um, how that information comes through. So anytime that I feel, you know, hurt now, it's again, it's it's a part of this human experience. It's like the one of the worst things you could do, quite frankly, is try and get rid of it. Okay, because then, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the shadow in that respect. You know, if you get rid of it, then there's no addressing it. You know, there's no showing it love. There's no healing it, you know, and revealing the love within it, you know, So what I learned from that was that, you know, we all, and this, this, this entirely depends, you know, because again, I, as I said, there was a time when I took it all personally, but on an impersonal level, if you like feel pain, that's like, that's like a compass of its own, you know, that's pointing you into the direction or that's even just like even a simple reminder, you know, if you don't want to go like that deep into it and like get confusing um, or be confused by it. That's a reminder that there is still the venom and that is how we are still connected. You know, even if you're like, I don't necessarily, you know, I know this is not personal to me. I know it's not about me, but you're still feeling it. That's a reminder that we are all connected in this way and that the cycle of violence, the cycle of pain is within all of us. And so back to how this connects to language, it's the same archetype. So speaking archetypally, but you could say it's the same energy. It's the same whatever. It is the same archetype. It is the same energy. 
within all of us, but it just shows up differently. And so that's sometimes I think what can make it harder to track within people because we assume that like, you know, we hurt in the way that we were hurt. And that's not necessarily true. I don't know who said it. Hurt people hurt people, you know, for sure. But the form, the form doesn't have to be the same. And so that's where, you know, just even even though we can only focus on one radio station, one language at a time, understanding that there are infinite languages makes this infinitely easier to understand, you know? So if, um, let's say, it's like a good example. Because there are just, there are literally so many. Um, let's say like, um, you were physically, um, like abused, you know, not trying to like get like too deep into anything, um, just in case, because you never know. Um, but yeah, let, let's just say that you were, you know, and, you know, but just because like you were physically hurt, like, let's just say that, you know, let's say that you were physically hurt, you know, sometime in your past, the way that you spread that might have nothing to do with like physical, it could be through words, you know? So it's kind of like translated into different languages and and you can translate and it just within you specifically or even within me, you know, that could be translated into words. It could be physical. It could be, you know, something else altogether, you know, depending on the person. But what, you know, what holding space for in like infinite languages has taught me, you know, especially with the venom is that any kind of pain, any kind of hurt is rooted in the same, you know, um, it's, it comes from the same place, you know? So no matter how severe it might seem or, you know, no matter, you know, um, what is it? Um, yeah, no, no matter how physical or how minor it might seem, if there is pain, it is, it is all from the same place. And I think that we all forget that and we forget that we are all connected in that way. And again, you know, what it only gets tricky when we involve like our minds in it, like, oh, this was not as bad as this or, you know, physical pain, like pain is way worse than mental pain or, you know, the other way around, you know, mental pain is or, you know, uh, what would that be like verbal mental abuse, um, non-physical abuse of any kind or violence that would be, you know, more or less whatever, you know, it's all the same thing. And so I think when we can all like understand that it all, it is all rooted from the same place, different forms. Um, and I, you know, different people might say different severity, whatever, it all comes from the same place. And so even if, you know, you don't take it personally, you know, and you still feel it, what that is, is that's a gauge that it's still here you know, and that's your opportunity to transform that into love so that you stop that cycle. Okay. So again, I, I mean, I totally agree with this idea that there is no such thing as one person being healed and then somebody else not being healed. It's, it's all or nothing, you know, because we're all connected in that way. So there, there's just so much there because when we understand that, again, whenever you feel it, with like 
and again, oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, there is no, you know, one person is healed, one person isn't. But what you can do is when you feel it within yourself, stop it right there. You know, bring love, heal it with love, reveal the love in it, and then set it free and don't spread it. Okay? Or if somebody else is revealing to you that you're hurt, that's another opportunity to stop the cycle. What this is, you know, when it comes to the venom and like the cycle of pain, the cycle of violence, what we are being given the opportunity to do is to shed love on whatever it is. And so, ooh, that's directly going to tie into the shadow for sure. And that's what stops it, you know? And so you might feel it, you know, over and over and over again, show it love and release it and keep doing that so you don't become someone else who is spreading it. And so the more and more people that can like, and this again, this is just like a theory, um, the more and more people that can, you know, sh- you know, show love to it within themselves, the less we have the cycle just continuing, you know? So it's not, what's interesting about that is, you know, it's not about, because I thought this is what it was about. It's not about never feeling pain ever again. No, all of that pain is like an opportunity. All of that hurt is an opportunity to transform it into love. And again, this like ties directly into Eros being, you know, holding space for, you know, being your own channel of, you know, wisdom and love. So if you're the space and you are, but if you identify as that and like you, you know, take that in, if you are identifying as the space for whatever's coming through and like you can, you know, the hurt is there, the pain is there, depending on, you know, whatever radio channel you are tuned into, that is how, you know, you will heal it and like release it with love. And so what you have become is the space of transforming venom into love, revealing the love in the venom. And, you know, again, depending on your language and your radio station, that that'll vary amongst people. But that's what you are you know, within the the context of the Venom card, you know, you always have the opportunity to heal whatever Venom comes your way, okay? But you can't do that if you're kind of on this, like, I don't even know, in this mindset of, like, if you're spiritual, you shouldn't feel pain or, like, you know, if you're doing whatever, or I'm healed, so I shouldn't feel pain. That doesn't help anyone, you know? Because then if you are not paying attention, because we're all human. So if you're just straight up not paying attention to, you know, whatever comes your way and you're not aware of it, you might unconsciously pass it on to other people. And that's where it becomes very, very unhelpful because that's not what we want to do, right? You know, we want to spread, you know, and reveal as much love as possible. I've probably mentioned somewhere that to me, you know, I redefined healing for myself as revealing the love here or there. So, um, or within whatever. So within the venom, turning, you know, whatever you feel, you know, pain-wise, even if you understand, especially if you understand that it's not personal to you, you know, I, that's like the first step is understanding that whenever somebody says something to you, and even if you still feel it, you understand that it's not about you, but you feel it because you are human and you are connected to the collective um, pain body. I'm probably not saying that correctly. I think that was um, Eckhart Tolle who talked about the pain body. It's been a while since I've read, what is it, The Power of Now? 
or something. It's one of his books. It's, it's definitely an Eckhart Tolle book. Um, I believe it is The Power of Now. It's like the one with the blue-green cover. I can, like, see it. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Um, yeah, I think he calls it, like, the pain body or something. I'm, But I'm not, like, using it in that same way just because I don't remember the accurate definition of it. Um, but what maybe then what's like a better way to say it? Um, feeling that pain is a way of acknowledging that you are connected to the collective, you know, energetic pain of the entire world, you know, of everybody that's here. And so again, you have the opportunity to, oh, so like, um, yeah, that's where I was going. So like, if you're with a person, you know, this might be easier in an example. So like if you're in a, with a person and they say something hurtful and you feel it, you feel, you're feeling that hurt in your body, but again, it's not yours. And so that's where the impersonal perspective comes in. Understanding that, uh, wait a minute, mm, that has nothing to do with me. It's not about me, you know, is that's really, really important is understanding that whatever somebody says or whatever somebody does it is not about you. It's a reflection of what's going on inside of them. So that's, you know, something very important to understand. But if you are one-on-one -on -one with another person, you know, you can kind of look at them and be like, you know, this is an opportunity for me to show you love instead of spreading, you know, more violence, more pain, more hurt, you know? So what I wouldn't do, you know, is respond to them with, you know, something that is not from love because then that perpetuates it. But we have the opportunity to do with love is, you know, again, love yourself enough to know it's not about you and to realize, you know, that you are love, you know, and that you can stop it in its tracks and, you know, do that within yourself. But then if you feel comfortable, do that for the other person. And, you know, even if they're saying hurtful things to you, just like be there for them in the best way that you can, you know, because, and then there's a bunch of other stuff with that. There's like boundaries and stuff. So, um, I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole, but of course, be aware of your boundaries. But if you feel, you know, good about it, you know, showing them love too and showing them that they do not have to show up in this way and that there is another option. But it's also the kind of thing, the same thing with the shadow, you know, that I find very, very interesting. So the shadow is another one of those, you know, cards and maybe I'll, you know, one of these cards I'm going to go deeper into. I'm not entirely sure which one it is right now. But the shadow is also interesting in that way, you know, because, you know, there's so I and I think it's interesting right now, especially because there is, you know, um, I want to say the collective shadows of this global community, especially in America, are being revealed right now. And that's always something interesting to take a deeper look at, but understanding that, you know, different shadows that you are experiencing, again, it all depends on your perspective. So if you are identifying with being the channel and being the space for the, div the divine masculine, the space for the divine feminine and everything that is happening. So again, the divine feminine is this third dimensional experience. It's everything that you are, you know, observing, seeing, you know, everything within the moment that is always changing. That's the divine feminine. Oh, where was I going with that? Um, but yeah, so within that experience, 
we experience light aspects of ourselves and, you know, we all have our own shadows. And then what's interesting about that is that, you know, our shadows, they are connected in some way, you know, they show up again, the this is the shadow as an archetype, you know? And so the story of this archetype is all about the shadow, but even the shadow has light and shadow aspects to it. So, you know, um, the light shadow, the light, of the shadow archetype would be, you know, revealing, you know, these unconscious aspects of self. And then, you know, the shadow side of the shadow would just be ignoring them, you know, because we need our shadow, you know, um, uh, just as, again, opportunities to reveal love in the world. Um, but in the same way as the venom and again, you know, I feel like there's so many, there are so many conversations surrounding shadow work, especially right now, because, you know, people think that there are, you know, different ways in which, you know, you should engage and confront your shadow and like, you know, all of that stuff. Ultimately, that is up to you, you know? So, I mean, that ties again, directly into Eros in that depending on your relationship with creation, that's going to have a lot to do with, you know, how you engage and how you love and how you, you know, just show up for your shadow, you know, is your relationship with creation. Um, but the last thing that we want to do is ignore it, you know, no matter no matter in which, you know, how we can understand it and, you know, how it comes through to show us something and reveal something about ourselves and the collective, the last thing that we want to do is ignore it. And so what's also interesting about that in the same way, you know, with the venom is that there is no, I believe, I mean, and this is just like a, you know, where it's like leading me, there is no such thing as just like getting rid of all of your shadows. You know, we all need them. You know, there's like so much information on the website about, you know, the rhythm of opposites and how, you know, for example, light creates dark and like they don't exist without each other. We all need our shadows, right? They're just another part of this experience. And so ignoring them, it's like ignoring the shadow. Maybe I will talk about the shadow next time. I'm not sure. I just feel like it's almost too big. Um, but that that's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how people continue to engage with their shadows um, because there is a lot there. There is a lot of opportunity there. And that could be... That's just going to be very, very fascinating. But the key here is that, you know, even on what, what's so interesting about the shadows on an individual level, you know, we all have our own shadows. And then, you know, we all and they are all, you know, simultaneously connected on the. Um, I was going to say cosmic, but I meant collective on the collective level, but it's it's actually kind of the same thing with the venom. So. Again, the shadow archetype, and this is why I love the archetypes, you know, one of the many reasons, because they can all be translated into infinite different languages. So the shadow is kind of like the same thing here. So with the shadow specifically, it's like we are all experiencing the shadow archetype, but in different forms. So what's really useful about, you know, recognizing the shadow as an archetype is that you understand that we are all also connected through the shadow archetype and that our shadows are also all connected, you know? 
because the shadow that I'm experiencing, like my shadow, even like on a personal level, you know, my shadow is connected to your shadow, though the form isn't the same. We are both just experiencing the archetype, the shadow. So what I love so much, again, about, you know, this understanding and so it might not be for you you know a while ago a lot of things made sense to me when I understood that you know again for me personally and this is you know going a little bit back into eros and languages and holding space you know all that good stuff what I learned for me was that you know all I need to know is you know this idea of that we are always channeling this experience. We are always, you know, holding space for this experience and we might be tuning into different languages. But for me personally, I need to know that all of those languages are available and that I can like switch between them, you know, depending on, you know, what it is that I need. And understanding this has allowed me to just like understand in a different way, how we are all connected through these archetypes, you know? So understanding that there are infinite forms, infinite languages, infinite radio stations of creation has shown me so much in understanding that, you know, for example, with the venom, you know, that we are all connected, you know, through this cycle of violence and pain. And Again, even if you understand that it is not yours, you know, again, feeling it, you just understand that it's still there, you know, and that we are all connected in this way, you know, even though the form might be different, you know. Once you understand that all of all languages are just different forms of love, that makes this infinitely easier, you know, because then you're not looking at people as separate. You're not looking at people's, you know, pain as separate. You're not looking at, you know, people's shadows as separate. You understand that they are all connected. Another thing that is important, especially, and this is, again, where it gets very, very interesting about identifying as the void in the space. And again, maybe maybe meditation does help a little bit here to understand what I'm talking about. Because again, when I speak, you know, they're just words. You know, and you need to understand and experience it for yourself in order for it to truly be powerful. Um, But when you tap into the witness, the observer, and understand that, you know, you are the space instead, then you understand that you are not, again, this is like the whole like classic, like I'm not my body, I'm not my mind, you know, all of that stuff, all that good stuff. But that's just another way in which to understand that we are all connected. Like if you are not necessarily identified as like if you understand that like you aren't separate, that opens just up that opens up an entire new world of doors and possibilities for you to walk through. The last card we have here is the storm. And. The storm, the storm is kind of like the great upheaval card, you know, like that's the card when it comes through for me. It's the card that, you know, things are changing, you know, 
just like the weather before the storm, you can kind of you kind of know what it is or you know that it's coming like maybe it's super warm and you can kind of just feel the electricity in the air or you see the dark clouds. It's kind of like, you know, it's coming. Um, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, at first I was like, I'm not entirely sure where this might be going, but I do understand. You know, again, my entire goal is to shake up how it is. And, you know, again, my the storm to me is like the great like, let's just shake things up and, you know, toss out whatever it is that we don't need, um, especially on a collective level. So the storms, the message from the storm like today is fairly simple. I want to completely shake up you know, the way in which we really relate to the creation, the love spirit within ourselves, you know, surprise, surprise. Um, and I think I've reiterated that probably enough, you know, throughout this specific episode, but it is something that is truly near and dear to my heart, you know, is shaking up the way that we perceive, you know, what this world is and the infinite possibilities in this world. Again, you know, for me, so things really even just began once I really understood what holding space means. And so, you know, just keep that in mind, just ponder on that, because I think if I explain it anymore, it might even become just more confusing. But pondering upon you know, what that really means to you, you know, life being a meditation, you know, you being the space for and receiving everything that's happening, that opens up so many doors. And, you know, I think, I mean, I hope, you know, what I'm feeling and what I'm getting is that the time is coming for, you know, instead of, you know, one person, one great healer, you know, saying, you know, how it is that we heal, how it is, and again, healing to me, revealing love, how it is that we connect to love, that's over, you know, so much so, you know, wrapping it up and like bringing it all the way back to the very beginning, kind of in which the way, you know, depending on where you are, um, people are understanding that the way that you love that, you know, anybody would even have anything to say about it, number one, um, but that there is one way to do it is dying or dead, hopefully dead. Um, it's the same thing here. So understanding that there are infinite ways to connect to the love within you. There are infinite ways to show love. And I mean, you know, love as an unconditional love or reveal your spirit or embody your spirit or connect to your spirit that's what I want to shake up here, you know, and that's why I really want to promote this, you know, idea of really taking the time to deeply explore how it is that you connect to the creation inside of you and understanding that there is no right way. There is no wrong way. It's just, you know, what radio station are you tuned into? What language are you focused on? And if that's not working for you, shifting. And so that has been the most freeing and empowering thing to me, understanding that even this within itself is a language, you know, 
So even saying, you know, I am the space, I am, you know, this void that is just holding space for everything in this moment. And I can tune into, you know, the different types of information depending on, you know, what language I want to use, you know, understanding that that language can change at any time, you know. And again, that might be specific to me just because I've been through so many and different ones made different sense, different made different amounts of sense at um, different times. But that really freed me up to just be like, I'm always available. I'm always open to whatever form of love needs to come my way. And then just paying attention to what does come through and then noticing, oh, is my radio station just changing? Did it change and I just didn't even notice? Or do I want to actively change it myself? you know, but understanding that we have the power to do this. That is what I want to change. You know, I want this whole thing of, again, it's not about getting rid of like healings and readings, et cetera, but it is about changing our attitude, you know, towards them. So I think it's beautiful that people offer them. Again, I I would not be here, you know, speaking to you without them. You know, I'm so lucky, you know, that I've gotten to that I've been able to receive them and experience them in the way that I did. But I also consider, again, I consider myself very lucky that I just did not stop there, you know, instead I hit the ground running and I was like, Ooh, what else can I discover? You know? So that's what I would want to end, you know, not the sharing of gifts, you know, because we all have our own gifts and our own ways of revealing love that I would want for us to share. But again, just shifting our attitude a little bit, in terms of, you know, learning that it doesn't stop there. And, you know, taking the time to deeply, you know, understand our own souls, you know, that, you know, within itself points to so much and reveals so much about how we want to give and receive love in this world. So the storm is, you know, again, very, very simple, just shaking it up you know, and it's like the time for a great, you know, not awakening. I feel like that's like not it, but the great shakening of just how, you know, we do things and how we receive. Okay. I think that's good. You know, I think again, all of these are just a starting point, you know, as to how you can receive yourself as your own channel, but I'm glad we did this so I could just, you know, define what that means to receive yourself as your own channel, your own, you know, again, your own relationship with creation, how you receive love and how you receive wisdom. You know, that's always up to you and you can always change. Even if your identity is, it's always changing, you know, like mine, you know? And again, that, understanding that how, and really understanding how you are your own channel, that understand, that allows you to understand how we are connected, you know? And I'll probably talk a little bit more about those another time. But those are just great examples. The acknowledging what it is. So being your own channel. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Being your own channel is not simply about because, again, this is not just about all about us. It's about the collective. So really understanding and taking the time to understand your own channel and how unique that is to you. What that does for you is you understand when you look at another person, they are their own channel, too. And they have their own language and they can access any language, but they might be tuned into a different one than I am, you know? And so understanding when they are speaking, if they are connected to love, they are communicating from love. And so what that does is, you know, when you can appreciate, 
you know, your own and you understand and you see, wow, I went through this entire exploration of what it means for me to receive love for myself. You can appreciate that even though your mind may not, it's like, again, your mind may not be able to focus on how it is that they might be receiving love at the moment and yours at the same time. You know, if you choose to tap into one or the other, you know, that's up to you. But you can hold space for and appreciate that the love is there in whatever it is that they are saying. And I think that's like the beginning and, you know, taking big steps into, you know, understanding, you know, how love shows up in so many different forms within different people and really, you know, on a heart level from our core, really appreciating that instead of, you know, just saying, you know, oh, I understand, you know, and instead we really know that in our hearts, you know, and that's going to help a lot when it comes to, you know, particular instances of the venom and the shadow, especially, you know, understanding how we are all connected through our collective shadow, our collective venom, and how, you know, experiencing shadow and experiencing venom isn't a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, doing something wrong. It just means that, you know, we still have, you know, more to do in terms of loving one another and caring for one another. Again, shadow and venom showing up in your life it's just to point you to how you can, you know, love and give more of yourself, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. So, you know, if you see, you know, again, you don't have to work with these specific cards, but if you come across, you know, instances where it's like, oh, the shadow's coming out, the cycle of pain, the cycle of violence is coming out, don't shy away from it, you know, run towards it knowing that, you know, it's an opportunity for you to give love of yourself if you're in that space and showing other people how they can do that as well, you know? But again, that all comes from understanding that we are connected in the first place and appreciating that love shows up in infinite forms so that we can all... Rec- so basically, appreciating that love shows up in infinite forms, but it is all love. That's what we want to know. And that's really what's going to shake stuff up. So... Thank you so much for listening all the way through. That was a lot. And I am excited to see, you know, where it leads next time. But remember, you know, do everything that you can to just pay attention, hold space for yourself. Notice, you know, how you not like, not just how you feel again, not feeling, but what you see, just observe, you know, what you are, how you perceive creation and it will all come together, you know? as a puzzle over time, but just be patient and pay attention because if you try and, you know, I've been there where I've tried to rush and, you know, again, rushing or relying on somebody else to do, you know, this for you, it doesn't help you. It's, and it especially doesn't help you in understanding and appreciating, you know, all of the different languages that are out there And again, we want to do that so we can, you know, give up ourselves and, you know, when the shadow and the venom, like when those things come up. Okay, I will leave you with those thoughts and I look forward to continuing this next time. 